Bruce Lawn. Shots fired in YouTube Christian land between my friend Marcus Rogers and my friend Alan Parr. I actually do consider both of those brothers friends, believe it or not. I'll briefly catch you up on what has transpired. Um, and um, we're going to jump and get to the position of being spirit-filled tongues towards the end of this video. So make sure you watch towards the end. But before we get into that, guys, my name is Ruslan. Thank you for being here. We have a free How to Study the Bible course in the link of this video or at MasterMyDevo.com, getting you more clarity, getting you more context, getting you more consistency, and ultimately more application for life change. Alan Parr put out a video, three channels or three types of channels you should avoid, okay? And Alan Parr talked about channels that are highly emphasizing the prophetic, channels that bash other channels and other leaders and basically heresy hunter channels. And there was uh, the third channel, which was all about making content about the creator, right? I think those are the three categories. I thought it was a fantastic video because it addressed all types of different channels that have publicly said things about me, publicly said things about him, publicly said things about all types of people. And I thought it was a great one size fits all. Yay, Alan, I didn't have to make this video. You made it for me. That is awesome. No names were called out in this video. Alan Parr has openly made videos calling out Marcus Rogers calling out Pastor Mike Todd and his view of tongues. So Alan Parr is not like afraid of the smoke. Alan Parr will put your name in a video. Alan Parr will tell you how it is. To be fair, Alan Parr did the video in a way where like, hey man, if the shoe fits, wear it. It is what it is. And Marcus Rogers uh, responded to him and and more or less said the Holy Spirit's not satisfied with Alan Parr's videos or something like that. The title was something like that. Now, in that video, I first have to own something, okay? In that video, Marcus referenced a live stream we did back in February where I was having a conversation with Marcus post-election with the Trump prophecies, and I brought in John McRae, what do you mean, and Alan Parr into the conversation. And Marcus said, hey, I I think the language he uses, he felt up ganged up on or he felt uh, ganged up on or jumped or whatever. Now, I have to own the fact that that was on my stream And he felt that way. So let me just first open by saying, Marcus, I apologize for putting you in a position where you felt ganged up on. I thought we had uh, enough rapport and you being open and and so willing to dialogue with me and seemingly anybody, KB, that I thought you were completely on board with having these conversations publicly because I don't like things being said privately. So first, I got to apologize and repent to Marcus Rogers because that is my first time of him saying anything like that where he felt ganged up on or jumped or, or whatever the, the, the language he used was. And I felt I felt bad about that because that was, that's ultimately on me, okay? So off top, that's my fault, okay? If he felt that way, that's my fault. I didn't know he felt that way. I thought, and this is my, my mistake, I thought I had enough rapport with Marcus that he would be down for anything based just on the conversations we've had offline, conversations we've had online, so on and so forth. So Marcus, I apologize to you for, for positioning you in a way where you felt blindsided, you felt uh, ganged up on. I was thinking, man, this would be an amazing moment to, to kind of pull these different pockets of Christian YouTube together and have some important needed dialogue. So let me 
let me just first uh, state that, okay? Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure Marcus will probably watch this, and me and Marcus will have a conversation about this. Now, again, also, you guys got to know, like, I genuinely love these brothers. Like, I love Marcus. I love Alan. Alan is, like, a big brother to me, a mentor to me, uh, someone that has just been extremely generous and gracious in a lot of ways. And, and one thing I can tell you is both of those dudes are who they proclaim to be on camera. Both of those dudes are uh, congruent. They really believe what they say and, and so on and so forth. However, um, we, we have to get to, to the crux of this issue. And this is something that I've already said on Marcus's comment section. And I've addressed it there and he responded to it. And it's this issue, this, this notion of if someone isn't spirit filled or has spoken in tongues as a sign of being saved, well, then in, 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 in Marcus's views and in some people's views, uh, they are off or not truly where they should be or they're kind of a JV Christian. And I think that's where this whole crux of this conversation comes down. Now, full discretion, if you watch the video where Marcus, Allen, all those guys are going at it, you see me actually defend Marcus a few times because guess what? I am a charismatic. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I've spoken in tongues, right? And this has caught me flack. This has caught me flack from other people who were offended by Alan's channel that, that, that feel like I'm this demonic, charismatic, crazy Pentecostal guy because I had a video of uh, uh, Mike Winger saying that, you know, I've, you know, he's telling me his fake falling out in the story video. I've shared my actually what I believe is a real falling out in the spirit video. So I want to put that out there. Okay. I want to put that out there. Now, as far as I know, Alan Parr is not a cessationalist, meaning that he doesn't believe the gifts have stopped. He is just maybe a bit more skeptical of charismatics and maybe a bit more skeptical of the gift of tongues. And, and, and this is where I think we have to draw this distinction is where is that line between sign and gift? And where is that line between you are not a mature, fully functioning, fully spirit filled on your jet upgraded Christian versus ah, you're a little less than now I've spoken in tongues. Uh, I, I, I believe I hear prophetically my wife. She doesn't brothers like Alan Parr. They haven't. Okay. John McCray. He hasn't. Okay. So we're going to go to the scriptures here. So just, just buckle up and we're going to look at the commonly referenced passage that everybody goes to, which is Mark chapter 16. And it's the last 11 verses of Mark. And there's something that no one ever uh, addresses this, right? This is the end of the gospel of Mark. And it goes in and it says, verse 8, trembling and bewildered, the woman went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And then verse 9 picks up. Now, any Bible you pick up, any Bible you pick up, you'll notice something. The last 11 of verses of Mark, which says here, the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 through 20. Okay. That does not mean that I don't believe the Bible is inerrant and sufficient and, and good for teaching, but it's important to know that. And then I'm going to give you guys a logical conclusion of this and what the book of first Corinthians actually says about the gift of tongues. So Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So this is more aligned, kind of aligned with the other passages in the end of the gospel right? The, the general theme of him appearing to everybody, resurrecting everybody. Verse 15, then he says to them, this is now, this is where it gets hairy. 
Okay, this is where it gets controversial. Okay, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is said, excuse me, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat on the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied them. So people read that verse. People go, hey, hey, ah, see, it's right here. It's clear as day. It's clear as day. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. So people say, it's clear as day. If you aren't speaking in tongues, well, then, goodness gracious, that's the sign that has to follow being saved. And so we're not going to go as far as to say if someone's not saved, if they haven't spoken in tongues, we're just going to say, ah, they, they haven't been fully spirit-filled, right? And there's a wide spectrum of even folks in that world. They'll say some people aren't fully spirit-filled. Some people are, 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 are missing out of the fullness. And some people full on aren't, aren't saved, okay? Now, what I don't think is Marcus is saying that Alan is not saved. I think Marcus feels like Alan doesn't hear from God in the same way. Here's the issue. There's two issues. One, we have to let scripture interpret scripture. Okay. Scripture has to interpret scripture. So let's jump over to the book of first Corinthians context. First Corinthians, this is written to the church in Corinth. That was very what worldly first Corinthians chapter three says, you guys are worldly. You're still consuming milk. Then first Corinthians chapter five, there's wild sexual immorality happening in the church, right? And he has to rebuke them. And then he goes on and he gets to this place of spiritual gifts. This is the only, uh, epistle of Paul's where he's speaking about this tongue. So this tongues appears at the end of Mark. It appears in acts, which most scholars believe is languages and then it gets to the spiritual language of tongues. So initially at Pentecost, they're speaking other language. They're understanding and speaking each other's languages, right? This international Jewish gathering, they're able to understand each other. Here, it's talking about the actual prayer language of uh, uh, heaven, if you will, right? And check out what Paul goes on to say. This is 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12. In verse 12, he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So here he's saying, look, there's different parts of the body, but we have one spirit. If you are in Christ, there's one spirit. Okay, verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be, uh, it, w- it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in this body, every one of them, just as he wanted to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Verse 21, 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that it lacked, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part every part rejoices with it. Boom, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed uh, in, it, in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then the gift of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles... No, he's, this is a, this is a, he's asking, are all about, no, are all prophets? No, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gift, right? And yet I will show you the most excellent way. And in first Corinthians chapter 13 is all about love being the greatest gift. Hey, you guys are all concerned about tongues. You guys are all concerned about all this stuff. Listen, what, what you really should be focused on is love. That's the measure. That's the sign. Do you love your brother, right? That is the sign. So here we see Paul, and then he comes back to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So if you're wrestling with this thing, you really got to sit down and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul goes on to say, hey, I speak in tongues in more than all of you, but I would rather speak five intelligible words. Then he goes on to say, if there's a tongue spoken, there has to be an interpreter or the one that's speaking must hush up. That's in there too, right? So that's like, boom, scripture has to interpret scripture. We have to land that. Second of all, we have to go back to Mark 16 and just objectively look at what's happening in this passage and say, hey, this sounds like it's describing, it's descriptive passages, not prescribing, okay? Descriptive versus prescriptive. Descriptive say, hey, Solomon had 800 wives. That doesn't mean you should have 800 wives, okay? (laughs) This is describing stuff that happened after the fact, and this is descriptive passages, not prescriptive. Now, this is just like what what, what most people believe is this was added after the books of Acts was written, and then people added this in into the early manuscripts, okay? That's that's one uh, view of these. But let's just just look at it at face value. Let's Let's just jump out the window and say this is prescribing how we are to live, okay? And these signs will accompany those who believe in. In my name, they will drive out demons. That's real hot right now, right? We're dr- driving out demons. I'm all for deliverance ministry. If you got some 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 issues, man, go get, get the elders to lay hands on you. I'm not mad at that, okay? They will speak in new tongues. Yeah, tongues, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a sign. It has to follow, right? They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their, then they come back to it. They place their hands on the sick and they will get well. Huh. Interesting how most oneness Pentecostals or most people that believe that to speak in tongues is the sign of being saved only do the top of this and the bottom of this. And these signs will accompany those who believe in, in, in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Okay, and then it says, then then, then we we skip over that middle part. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. 
Interesting, isn't it? Here is the logical conclusion of taking this verse literally and prescriptive. This is going to upset some people, and then I'm going to end it with what the gospel actually says, okay? So here's the logical conclusion to this. This is on Truly. This is a a snake-handling pastor bitten by deadly rattlesnakes. There are churches that do this. He stepped up. He walked right into Jamie's shoes. He did not want to, but he respected it, and he did. People don't realize how they need to get in church and need to get saved because Jesus is coming back. The Bible plainly tells us that. And when it does come, there'll be a time they'll say, you will either not worship God or we'll cut your head off. This brother is sincere in what he believes. This brother is, 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 is loving Jesus. He is sincere. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'll get to the point. This brother got bit by a snake. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. If you're going to apply that verse literally... And you're going to say, hey, you got to You got to speak in tongues. Tongues aren't just a gift. I believe they're a gift. Okay. I, I believe people can speak in tongues. Tongues are just a gift. No, they're a sign. Well, then you have to apply the rest of that passage logically, my friend. Okay. Thankfully, his brother doesn't die. He goes, he, they get him to the hospital on time. Everything turns out okay. Here's the issue. And hear my heart on this. When we create a hierarchy of there's us tongue speaking people who kind of pull verses and don't fully apply the passage. When, when we when we say, yeah, I'm more special because I, Ruslan, can speak in tongues. And if you haven't spoken in tongues, either you, you aren't saved because the sign of salvation hasn't followed or you 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 you, you, you aren't fully spirit filled. And either or you're either not a Christian or you're just you're just a little less than me. Right. Then it makes sense why some of us can walk around puffed up and feeling like we have a special knowledge and a special revelation and a special word and a special prophetic thing. Instead of saying, hey, what what is what is the scriptures saying on this? First Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Okay, what, what does it say? What does Acts say? What does that mean? Is it languages? Is it tongue? Is it, is, it, is it a spiritual language? When we create a hierarchy, friends, we miss the grace and the mercy of God. Okay? When, cre- when we create a hierarchy and we say there's varsity Christians and there's junior varsity Christians. And Alan Parr, he's not tongue spirit filled because he's, so he's a JV Christian. Okay, friends, this is dangerous. This is, this is dangerous. And I've made every attempt I can 
Okay, to put people in rooms and have dialogue. To I had a group chat started with Alan and, and Marcus. They had some good conversations. But when we keep reverting back to that, it, it is not helpful. And this is as someone who speaks in tongues saying this. Okay, we're not we're not looking at it helpful. And here's the deal: there's no hierarchy of Christians. There's no hierarchy of anointing. That it's the priesthood of all believers. That it's the saints that are that, that we're all saints in Christ Jesus. Okay, that there isn't. Uh, good guys and bad guys and super Christians and, and, and inferior Christians. There's, there's superheroes and then there's just common people. There's soldiers for the army and then there's everybody else. No, no, no. There's Jesus and then there's the rest of us. Okay? And Jesus said, hey, you can't get it right. So I'm going to step into human history. I'm going to live the life you couldn't live. I'm going to die to death that, that you should have died on the cross. And I'm going to raise and give you a way to reconnect with the Father and reconnect and, and not just get into the afterlife, but have a piece of heaven on earth. That is the gospel. There is no JV Christian. There is no, hey, this person has a special anointing. This person has that. This person, no, 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 no. There's Jesus. And then there's the priesthood of all believers. There's Jesus, and then there's the anointing laid out on all believers. Okay? And that manifests itself differently. Alan Parr is a spirit-filled Christian. It just looks different because, again, if you go back to 1 Corinthians 14, it is different gifts. They're different gifts. It's not a sign. It's a gift. And all the gifts, ultimately, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, should be leading us to love. Love God and love our neighbor. Okay? So, not everyone's going to have the gift of tongues. Not everybody's going to have the gift of healing. Not everybody's going to have the gift of being prophetic. Not everybody's going to have every gift. Okay? And so, and, and, I just, I just gave you guys the scriptural argument. I gave you guys the logical argument. Okay? And if we look at church history, this notion that in order to be uh, uh, saved, you have to speak in tongues, or in order to be filled, you have to speak in tongues. This is a modern view. This is like 150 years old. Okay? So I don't know about you, but whenever a new doctrine comes around and says, we're going to throw out all of orthodoxy for thousands of years, and we're going to question the Trinity. We're going to throw out all of orthodoxy, and we're going to question on if all believers have truly been saved, even though all believers throughout history haven't spoken in tongues. We're going to throw, here's a a good one. Check this out. We're going to throw out all of orthodoxy on what marriage is. And we're going to say, nah, I think they all got it wrong. We got it right. We're going to throw out all of orthodoxy. Whenever, whenever someone's coming with that angle, I'm weary, whether that's Pentecostals, whether that's the new progressives who say, where are we going to rearrange marriage? Ah, it's not really one man, one woman, right? God, you, got, you have to be careful. And I'm not saying that everything Christians have done throughout history has been right, but goodness gracious, historically, the church fathers, the, 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 the early church, so on and so forth, it wasn't this thing that if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't saved or you didn't have a true closeness with the Holy Spirit. That we're saved by grace through faith. That Jesus breaks the shackles of, of shame and of sin, and therefore, we have communion and we have access to a holy God that before we didn't have access to. That's that's the gospel. That's the good news. Not that you have to speak in tongues or you have to cast out demons or you have to lay hands on the sick and they'll get healed. That may happen. And it would be amazing if, 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 if we got to experience some of those gifts. And I've seen miracles. I've seen these things, right? So, but I think when we walk around with this notion that 
there's varsity Christians and there's junior varsity Christians. There's, there's folks that, that have a special anointing and there's folks that don't have a special anointing. This has to stop. This has to stop. All right. And it's not it's, it's not because I think Marcus Rogers is a bad guy. I don't believe that. I think Marcus Rogers means well. The issue has been is it's very difficult to correct him. We bring this stuff to him. It's very difficult to, to, to look at scripture and say, hey, brother, that's actually not what that passage is about. That's actually not what that verse is. It's very difficult to do that. And so, hey, we just kind of love and pray for him. And I think that's why Alan didn't put his name in the video and didn't make another video about him, right? He just, hey, this is what I, this is the channels I don't think you should be subscribed to. And there's a gang of people that got mad. There's a gang of channels that got mad. There's channels that went on and called Alan an idiot from a totally different camp. All right. So it's not about beating up Marcus or beating up anybody. It's just to say, hey, listen, man, we're going to talk about this, this, this YouTube faith thing. Like Alan Parr is older than all of us. Like this, this brother's in his mid forties. He's like a big brother, big, 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 big mentor to me. Okay. There has to be some respect and, and some honor placed before him just for the things that he's been able to do on YouTube and the road that he's paved and to have genuine, reasonable dialogue with people. Right. And again, I'm praying for Marcus. Like I like to, 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 to say that, like, it's because we don't like you, Marcus. It's just not true. It's because we like you, Marcus. It's because we love you, fam. It's because you have an amazing ability to communicate that we're like, fam, man, if we could, if you could just butt, button up your hermeneutic, if you could just button up your, your, your historical context of what these passages mean, you could be a phenomenal, phenomenal communicator and do incredible stuff. But it's very difficult to, to have these conversations, man. And so I want to drive home the point, man. Listen, I love everybody involved. Like I genuinely love everybody involved. I get crap all the time because I call Marcus Rogers a friend from all kinds of different people. But we, we gotta stop, we gotta stop with this hierarchy Christianity. We, 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 we have to cut it out, okay? Alan Parr is spirit-filled, okay? Alan Parr is spirit-filled, okay? Just because he hasn't spoken in tongues, that doesn't mean he's a JV Christian, that doesn't mean he doesn't hear from God, okay? We have to cut that out. Okay. And I believe Marcus is genuinely trying to figure this thing out. I think he's been through a lot. That brother's been in the military. He's, he's seen a lot of stuff, right? And I'm, and I'm praying for that brother. And I believe God's going to continue working out whatever he has to work out in him. Right. And, and, and I'm willing to host a discussion, host a debate, whatever, whatever they want to do, we can do that. Right. Because I do lean more charismatic when it comes to the spirit. Right. I do lean more charismatic when it comes to the spirit. I just don't think we, I just don't think having this like, us versus them, JV varsity thing, especially that's only like 150 years old, is helpful to anyone's sanctification, it's helpful to anyone's maturity, and it's helpful to anyone living out the simplicity of what it means to follow Jesus today. Mm. And I will say one thing I really did like about what Marcus ended his video on was he pointed people back to, hey, uh, make sure you're following Jesus and not just following us. Go look at the scriptures for yourself. I do appreciate that he does that. I do. I did appreciate that he does that. Anyway, hopefully this is helpful. Um, let me know what y'all think. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you check out one of these other videos on the side. Give this video a like and subscribe. And don't forget about our three-day three Master YouTube Challenge coming up. The link is in the description for that below. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys. Peace.